0: Hello and welcome to the Racing Journey a podcast about all things Formula Student everything from technical engineering management stories and the experiences in building a Formula Student race car and a team my name is Pranay Neni, the captain of Velocity Racing and let's get started with today's episode in the past i have spoken about formula student in general what are the competitions available around the world and what is the competitions in india i have also spoken about Veloster Racing and its origin story with one of the co-founder of Veloster Racing, Stephen Brills. Yes, I know there's been a very big delay in the episodes that are released and in the last two months I did not get enough time to record my episodes. So sorry for that delay. But guess what I'm back and let's go. There'll be a lot of new episodes coming this month and starting off with what's coming now is we're going to talk about the rules for Formula Student. Like any sport in general, uh, even formula student has its set of rules uh, or the guidelines that students, the teams have to stick under and make the car according to it. So in this episode, we'll be talking in general on how a a formula student rule book looks like. I will talk in general from where they uh, start and also what are the interpretations that we should take out of it for a first year team or anybody who's starting out to read the book. If you all remember from the first episode of Racing Journey, where we spoke about how Formula Student started, it was under the club called SAE, Society of Automotive Engineers. It was under this club which decided the rules for the competition ever since the sixth edition of Formula Student. So these rules generally start with the basic definition, the basic rules where the team has to follow under which over the past 40 years have been evolved into a very complex uh, set of guidelines which dictate everything from how the competition is conducted all the way to how a car can be built, what are the aero regulations and everything to a detail that a team has to follow and if not the car or the team can be disqualified under the terms that it is not well built according to the guidelines. So. As of now, the most important rulebook is the one from Formula Student Germany. They are the ones with the most innovation uh, or uh, rules that define the future. Uh, Other uh, competitions, uh, like in India, Formula Bharat is an adaptation of the Formula Student Germany rulebook. In general, all the Formula Student competitions have a very similar rulebook in terms of the car design, in terms of uh, how the scoring system works, But each competition has its liberty to introduce extra rules in terms of administration or in terms of penalties or uh, also in terms of how many times a car can be reused or like reappeared into the competition. If you're starting to read an FS rulebook for the first time, it's going to turn out to be pretty confusing and you might miss the finer details of the rulebook. that's not a necessity when you're in the first time. You need to first understand the skeleton of the rule book, then you can dwell into the deeper lines where you can find loopholes or you can find spaces which might call for your innovation or your understanding or interpretation which will probably give you a head start or like a better edge over the competition. So in this episode I'll talk you through the overall uh, overview of the rulebook and in general what are the rules that you might have to look into we won't be going in in depth in terms of technical or in terms of uh, very specific kind of rules but yeah uh, each rulebook is divided into the administrative rules which is uh, variable based on the competition the technical requirements which talk a lot about the safety the uh, requirements in terms of how a car should be built uh, the CV powertrain or the EV powertrain rules, based on what category you might be participating in, then uh, the technical inspections, what they, what the competition will be looking for, or will be checking to make sure the car is legal or within the rules to drive. The static events and the dynamic events, how the points are divided, how are they what are what are the events in them that gauge the success of a particular team or a particular car. So let's get started with the administrative rules. So here, uh, this part of the rulebook defines the basic uh, layout of what the competition is, how many categories are available. In general, competitions have CV, the combustion vehicles, the EV, the electric vehicles, and DV, the driverless vehicles. Uh, Formula Bharat has only uh, combustion vehicle and EV category. Uh, The ratio of these uh, has been changing over the last few years, Uh, it usually wears a lot of CV cars with less amount of EV cars. Uh, Over the past 3 years of our competition, we have seen a trend where the ratio of EV cars is increasing. No hybrid cars in this category, there are competitions very specifically for hybrid FSA cars. This part of the rulebook also talks about the vehicle eligibility. Some competitions require a brand new vehicle every time they, a team participates because the level of competition is very high and they want to see innovation every time. Uh, in some competition, you can participate with a car which is over a year old or under sub- special circumstances like this year because of COVID uh, restrictions, one we couldn't, we couldn't build a full racing car over the period and we have the eligibility to use our previous racing car for the next competition as well. We also talk about the rules of conduct or how a student or like a participant has to be, uh, work under the guidelines on the competition or in general communicating with the team organizing the event. This also talks about protests, an important part of the rule book where you can protest with the competition organizers in terms of the rule, the score or an official action, but at a cost of 25 points at stake. So you have to put your 25 point stake where if the rule or whatever you're trying to protest clears, you can keep the points. And if they don't clear, you have to lose 25 points. So that's the provision to make sure that everybody gets a fair chance. And also the teams can confidently approach and say, yeah, we have an issue. This part also talks about the team requirements, like the team captain, the faculty advisor requirements, electrical safety systems, officer, electrical system advisor. We also talk about the submissions, the deadlines, the penalties, what kind of documents have to be submitted or the requirements per competition. Also talks about the safety instructions for the event, for the overall guidelines on the how to operate a car, how to build a car. And uh, also we can talk about the parts where jurisdiction under which the competition organizers have over the students on the car participants. The next part of the rulebook is the technical requirements. This is common for both EV and CV cars. This is where we talk in general about the chassis definitions. This part contains what a front roll hoop means or what a main roll hoop means, side impact structures. These are the definitions where you can find. This part of the rulebook also defines the materials that the car can use in terms of uh, different chassis materials or mounting materials and etc. It also talks about the zones where you cannot have any uh, bodywork or any chassis structures because these are called the uh, exclusion zone, which tie to the whole open wheel racing. So it's usually the area before and after the wheels and above it. Very important part of what Formula Student is different from go-karts is that we need to have a fully functional suspension. We need to have tires and wheels uh, at least of 10 inches uh, diameter uh, steering system which is not uh, driven by belts or cables it has to be fully mechanical rigid system. The other chassis requirements can include the side and back structure strength the uh, tube thicknesses the tube basic dimensions that are legal to pass uh, or the minimum is what you can say. you have a minimum or the load requirements from a space frame chassis which has to be, if you're let's say you're using a composite structure you need to perform enough testing and equivalency to say this is as good as a space frame. Of course you need to do a lot of testing because you're going to be gaining an advantage in the weight and also for safety reasons you need to show that they are compliant. Now the important part of this uh, requirements are the IA the impact detonator which is a part of the safety structure for front colli- collisions or frontal impact the mounting that can is or allowed for the uh, AIA to be mounted onto the car. This also talks about the cockpit opening, the sizes of of the space that has to be left open for the drivers to be seated in. Of course here where the advantage comes for a team is when if they can optimize everything in terms of suspension, in terms of uh, packaging and everything with keeping these as close as to the minimum requirements of the competition. An important part of this is it also talks about Percy, the 95th percentile male template which has to fit in it. You cannot design a car just for your drivers without Percy being able to fit because this is a part of the technical inspection which we'll be talking in the next half of the podcast. It also talks about the firewall, the driver restraint system, the seat belts, the foam padding, the head restraints, the brakes and drivetrain requirements. This is also an important part of the rulebook where it talks about the arrow height, width and length restrictions or the area where you can have arrow elements and the areas which you cannot have arrow elements. Uh, we also talk about fasteners, safety locking requirements which are called considered as critical fasteners and which are not as considered as critical fasteners. It also talks about electrical components, safety switches, other requirements like vehicle identification numbers, the placement of the stickers or the numbers. Then we also talk about the push bar, the quick check requirements. So more in detail will be discussed in the next coming episodes where we go in depth and explain what each part is, what uh, where are solutions, what have what were our interpretations of those rules. Coming to the CV rules, if you are a CV team, these are the part of the rulebook which defines your powertrain limitations or uh, what are the requirements in terms of safety the first things first is you cannot have an engine bigger than 710 cc, it can be a single cylinder or multiple cylinders, but that is your overall displacement. You cannot use hybrid technology, uh, you need to have an onboard starter. And to keep the whole uh, le- playing level consistent, all the teams have to use a 20 mm restrictor. It's in the intake system where all the air that goes into your combustion chambers has to pass through a 20 mm restrictor. Now the teams have like free reign to design the entire intake system and incorporate it in such a way where they get the least hit by this 20mm restrictors and they don't lose performance. Also the intake system has different orders if you are naturally aspirated or if you're using a turbocharger or a supercharger but in the end you need to use a 20mm restrictor if you're using a gasoline car and in some competitions the restrictor size varies based on the fuel you use. Coming to the fueling system, there are a few requirements on terms of where can a fuel system be located, like your fuel tank, what kind of uh, fuel hoses can you use if it's a high pressure system or a low pressure system. So the next bit is the exhaust system of the car, like what are the requirements for the exhaust system, the heat requirements, the heat shield requirements, uh, also the noise, the levels that you can. Because again, this is going to be checked in the TI and you need to make sure that they, the entire thing works or is under the limit. We also have the rules for the shutdown circuit, the safety circuit, where in case there's an emergency, the driver, the first responders, or in general, the impact sensors can shut the engine and the critical elements off. Which is going to be similar to EV powertrains, where it has a different set of things to shut down. Uh, coming to the EV powertrain rules, this is not my area of expertise because we did not deal with EV cars, but yeah, here are the basic or the more important rules that has to be followed. Electrical motors of uh, any kind are allowed. You can use permanent magnet, you can use, you can use multiple core, that's based on what the team requires. The power limitation here is you cannot use a motor or the motor setup in combination more than 80 kilowatt cannot run the motors in reverse uh, but regen is allowed if you can uh, afford to f- build a system where you can use regen for your recharging and also uh, aid your braking. You need to ground the entire system with insulation to prevent the grounding to the chassis and only low voltage systems are allowed to be grounded to the chassis. Maximum permitted voltage for the system is 600 volts. Uh, also a lot of uh, tractive systems have to be Especially insulated with, uh, with orange wiring. Uh, you need to have other requirements in terms of data logging for measuring the uh, charge of your tractor system. You need to show have a tractor system active light to show when your car is ready to drive. You cannot use fuel cells, molten salt cells or thermal batteries. Those are off the chart. You can use lithium ion. You can use any other type of batteries like lead acid. But not these. Also, this part of the rulebook shows your uh, intensive shutdown uh, circuit diagram of for the safety systems. Also it talks about the charger requirements, the TS accumulator, uh, the removability requirements, and how it has to be taken on in a hand in a hand cart to the charging station, and etc. It also talks about the requirements to create the FMEA, the failure mode analysis, where in case something goes wrong, what a person do to fix it so these are in general the 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 powertrain rules for both combustion and EV we'll also be going in depth with each of it with more uh, members from our team and from our sister team which talks on EV cars coming to the technical inspection so all of these rules define what a car uh, team can build or can design so once all of this is done, they have to be checked for its safety, for its rule compliances and to make sure the whole thing is equal or like no team has an unfair advantage. So here we have something called as a pre-inspection, just a general checkup to make sure the whole car is what the rules suggest like open wheel, uh, single seater, etc. Then for EV, we have very sp- specific uh, requirements like the accumulator that's the first thing your battery has to be checked or inspected make sure everything is right your electrical systems are right and also the car is waterproof and there might not be any uh, leaks of in terms of if there is water entry to the whole system so that they have a rain test Apart from that, the other inspections include mechanical inspection, which is common for both CV as well, which is where all the bolts, all the fasteners, all the suspension compliances, everything are checked. And with respect to the driver or the tallest driver and Percy, the tilt test, which is very specific again for uh, combustion vehicles to check for leakages or to check for low rollover protection in case the car is on hard cornering. The vehicle is loaded to the side and tilted to 60 degrees or more to check for if the car is going to roll over. And if it clears 60, that, that means it's good. Coming to uh, CV specific again is the noise test. The car has to pass the 110 decibel peak noise level. And if you cannot keep the exhaust under that, you will be not allowed to race or like, take, and take the car on the road. Remember this point because we'll be talking about this later in the future episodes when we talk about VRF2. Both together, there's an important test The called the brake test where you need to show the car has the ability to lock all the four wheels and stop in a straight line to give maximum control to the driver. So there's no weird biasing to the left or right. So that's another part of your uh, technical inspection. So once all of these are cleared, either for EV or CV, your car is deemed to be safe be taken onto the racetrack. So that's like the first step of like clearing your stuff and you can start to go earn points. Till now whatever we've discussed part of the rulebook does not include you getting any points. Now coming to the parts where you can actually score points and eventually win the competition with your cumulative points is the static events and the dynamic events. In the end your entire competition is divided into these two. We'll be talking in detail about each later on but in general static has the b plan the business plan to evaluate the team's ability to deliver a comprehensive business model about the prototype race car which is worth 75 points you have the cost and manufacturing event which will evaluate the team's ability of understanding the manufacturing processes and the costs associated with it which is worth 100 points uh, the next in part of the static event is engineering design event where the team has to explain to the judges uh, what was engineering process and the thought process and design decisions that went while making the car and uh, keeping or like understanding the rules this is the one with 150 points so overall your static events come with 325 points in total coming to the dynamic events that's again if your car qualifies the ti requirements is when you're allowed to get into the dynamic events so here we have the four uh, parts, which is a skid pad, 75 points. It's a, a figure eight drive, which involves you going as quick as you can without knocking out any of the cones. It's a true test for your uh, ability or like your dynamic handling of your car. Now, the other event is uh, acceleration, which just clearly tests your uh, straight line performance and how hard you can launch it and how much power you can put down and get from one point to the end like at the maximum speed or like the quickest time. Both of these two events are relatively small and they are worth 75 points each. The next event is autocross which is a track of a certain distance about anywhere between 1 to, uh, 1 to 1. 1.5 kilometers. It consists of chicanes, it consists of slalom courses, straights and hard hairpin turns. And this circuit uh, usually is driven by uh, one driver for one lap, and the one, the quickest lap is considered. And this is worth a hundred points, together total. The next is like the, the cherry of the entire event, where you can get four hundred twenty-five points, or like about forty, more than forty percent of your overall, scoreable points is the endurance and efficiency event. This is a single event where you need. The car is driven for 22 to 25 kilometers at a stretch with two drivers and one driver change in between. And the overall fuel consumption or the electric energy consumption is calculated and that is a 100 point event on its own. So together 425 points are in just this one event. This is the whole overview of the rulebook. These are the basic things that you need to consider We'll be talking about how our team interpreted this events for the first time and the second time and where we found out there are a few leeways or like uh, loopholes that we can exploit to get an advantage over the other teams or parts where other teams are not uh, daring enough at the moment to try them. So coming to all of this uh, each competition has these set of rules where all the teams have to follow and again like I said like I keep saying to my teammates, uh, the rulebook is like the Bible of our competition. We need to stick to it. We need to understand it to the point where we can have the biggest advantage compared to the rest of the teams. And we need to strategize in terms of what is our going to be our design goals or what can be our competition execution goals. In the end, our whole point is to win the competition. So if you know the rulebook in and out, you know you're getting closer, ever closer towards your dream. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Racing Journey. If you like this, please leave a like and a good rating on your streaming platform. If you are watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Share it to all your friends in the FSAE community and to anyone who is aspiring to get into the world of FSAE. You can follow me on Instagram at HeadHoonigan, the podcast at Racing Journey Podcast to know when a new episode is released. Stay safe, be kind.